Previously on The Gym, Fred Hampton was a conscientious, hardworking, compassionate all-rounder and community organizer in Chicago who joined the Black Panther movement. Then the FBI got involved. What could possibly go wrong? Hello, and welcome to The Jib. This podcast is about the many and varied schemes of the many and varied U.S. law enforcement and intelligence agencies, organizations, and committees, and how they are stupid and funny. Join us on our merry journey through space and time. Hi, I'm Barry, and you might recognize me as the face of 21st century existential dread. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. I'm Seamus, and you may know me from You Stole My Heart, So I Stole Your Kidney. <laughs> Seamus, uh, do we get uh, do we get to hear more about last week's story? Yes, we do, my friend. Uh, so we should just dive into where we left off after learning about COINTELPRO, FBI, all that happy stuff, right? Yes. So we're in 68, 1968. Uh, Fred was accused of assaulting an ice cream truck driver playing Robin Hood by stealing $71 worth of ice cream bars and giving them to the kids in the street. Uh, later, uh, May 69, he would be sentenced to two to five years of prison. Uh, writer Frank B. Wilderson III uh, places this incident uh, sorry, placed this incident within the framework of COINTELPRO efforts to disrupt the Black, pa uh, Black Panthers of Chicago in the case of leveling trumped-up charges. Well, now, hang on. Um, if you're going to level charges against him that are false, that's a good one. You think so? Oh, because he's already well-known for feeding children in the area. True. So he's robbed an ice cream van to give the kids ice cream is not entirely without something Fred might do. This is true, but it's, it's, it'd be also one it'd be hard to do. Look at that. What did he do? That horrible man. How dare he feed the children with ice cream? You know, know what I mean? It's, it doesn't really go very far, does it? I mean, well, uh, I don't know. They got him anyway for it, according to Frank B. Wilderson sure. III. Uh, he was released uh, from jail uh, on a $2,000 bail bond. Uh, he, was he immediately held a press conference where he declared that the Black Panther Party was acting in the interest of the people whom government ignored and oppressed. Quote, the people will not tolerate any oppressive system or farce that attempts to jail the very people who feed their hungry children. Dude, you could have done a better impression. You could be like, the people will not tolerate any oppressive system or force that attempts to jail the very people who feed their hungry children. So this is why you should read everything from now on. Yeah, at <laughs> no, least the quotes. At least the quotes. At least the quotes, yeah. <laughs> Ampton did organize a mock trial uh, with a group of white leftists known as the New Left. Uh, the famous speech uh, we had at the end of last week's episode, so cool. uh, if you that. haven't seen that, go check it out. Um, <clears throat> in 1968, uh, J. Edgar Hoover is already publicly calling the Black Panther Party the greatest threat to America. Oh, shit. The greatest threat to America is the Black Panther in 1968. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, and uh, also in late uh, 68, the Racial Matter Squad, a uh, pseudo-progressive name if there ever was one, uh, of the FBI uh, Chicago field office, recruited a black man named William O'Neill. O'Neill had been arrested for interstate car theft and impersonating a federal officer. In exchange for having his felony charges dropped and receiving a uh, monthly stipend, so he's getting paid, yo. Yeah. Uh, O'Neill agreed to infiltrate the Black Panthers as a counterintelligence operative. He's a stoolie. Yeah. Uh, O'Neill joined up and quickly rose uh, in the organization. 
uh, became director of the chapter security in Hampton's bodyguard. Uh, one of his duties of uh, for the Panthers was to weed out possible informants. <laughs> Ironically. Yeah, right? <laughs> that guy, definitely <laughs> a snitch. Not me, not me. But that guy right there. See how he doesn't walk like me and talk like me? He's definitely a snitch. Trust me, I know yeah. what these guys look like. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, uh, O'Neill did not go unnoticed. Fred pointed out uh, some bizarre behavior by William. Uh, he once talked about building an electric chair to use on stitches. Uh, and even a rocket launcher. Now that's the kind of thing you see. That's projection. That's <laughs> the guy saying like, "These snitches, we need to blow them up with dynamite." You know, dude, you're a snitch at that point. You know, <laughs> calm down. What are you trying to tell us, man? Mm. Uh, uh, Fred openly condemned uh, these ideas to uh, to O'Neill and the rest of the Black Panther Party. Former uh, Panther Lewis Trulock uh, said that during a visit to O'Neill's father's home, the informer showed him plastic caps, plastic. Uh, bottles of liquid enough material to produce several bombs he proposed that they blew up an armory and later suggested robbing mcdonald's restaurant so neil had bomb making equipment in his dad's house yeah um, yep. uh, these crazy schemes the electric chair and the bomb were part of a series of schemes o'neill uh, tried to trap hampton on uh behalf of the fbi so this was all just yeah that is a common fbi tactic FBI yep. has often gotten involved in various organizations they thought were dangerous, and it turned out that the only dangerous element of the entire organization was the one guy working for the FBI. In yes. yes. This is happening here as well with the Black Panthers as well, right? Yeah. I, I think these guys are committing crimes. How can we prove it? We're going to get them to commit a crime. No, we're going to commit <laughs> crimes. Like, O'Neill here is the only dangerous element of the yeah. Black Panthers. Yeah. He's actual bomb-making equipment. <laughs> it's yeah. It's fucking mental, man. Mm. Uh, Hampton's leadership would... Uh, Proved to be successful in Chicago that year, though, uh, using his charisma and diplomacy, uh, Fred was able to organize a non-aggressive pact among Chicago's most uh, powerful street gangs, emphasizing that racial and ethnic conflicts amongst gangs uh, would only keep its members entrenched in poverty. Hampton saw that he was able to achieve and rolled on, rolled on down to do more. He went on to forge an anti-racist, class-conscious, multiracial alliance among the Black Panther Party, uh, the Young Patriots Organization, and the Young Lords under leadership of Jose Chacha Jimenez. 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 Yeah, Jimenez. Jimenez. Uh, leading to the, <laughs> yeah, eventually leading to the formation of the Rainbow Coalition. I can't believe I, I haven't put any pictures of our man yet. Here you go. Read this one here, Barry. Okay. If you walk through life and don't help anybody, you haven't had much of a life. Uh, you know what? That's 100% true. Yep. You want to be useful to the people around you. Just help somebody do something because there's, and it doesn't cost you anything. I mean, it obviously it costs him his time and his resources and so on, but a lot of people you can help somebody and it doesn't cost you anything. You might as well do it, right? Right. Right. So he's right about that. Uh, many were shocked that Fred could bring uh, bring to the table so many organizations from so many different backgrounds. To bring rival black gangs together was impressive. To have Latino gangs become allies was incredible. Yet bringing an organization of whites who wave the Confederate flag to an organization that will help black uh, black folk, uh, poor black folk, is a stuff only one can imagine. I mean, the UN could even pull that off, right? Uh, the group. Uh, this group was called the Young Patriot Organization, or YPO. The UN uh, would love to do something like that. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Uh, many of the YPO members were racist and they flaunted controversial symbols associated with Southern pride, such as the Confederate flag. Mm, still a problem, right? Yep. Mm. Uh, but like blacks and Latinos, the white uh, patriots, uh, they and their families experienced discrimination in Chicago. In their cases, it became uh, that they were because they were poor and from the South. Well, now, you see, that's one of the things Karl Marx did in his little book. Hmm. He tried to explain to people, the working class people, that you people have more in common with each other than you ever will with the people, you know, who are running the place. Right. And they, they, the people who are running the place are happy enough to see you fighting against each other. And if Fred Hampton managed to crack through all that, he's a genius. Like, look well, what he's ever doing. The man's a genius. Well, we I mean, look at this this photo here for those that it's aren't just uh, amazing. Just listening to uh, audio, yeah. uh, you got a picture of uh, two black uh, Black Panthers and two of the YPOs with uh, free the Panthers, uh, the Black Panther kind of logo. Yeah, right next to the Confederate flag. Yep, and they're all just all sitting there having a good laugh. Mm. Actually, there's three Panthers. Apologies. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, in short time, the Black Panthers, uh, Black Panther leader. Uh, which was, of course, Fred Hampton, wanted to advance the group's goals by forming the Rainbow Coalition uh, of working-class poor people of all races. Members of the Chicago Panthers and the YPO attended others' organizations, meeting meetings, and decided to work together on their common issues. Over time, the Black Panthers learned to tolerate the Confederate flags, uh, which they even had this pen. Which Can you describe that for the people at home that uh, are listening? We're order? looking at a badge pin, and it is the Confederate flag with a black arm and a white arm uh, shaking hands right over it. It's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy, but Fred Hampton. Yep. So over time, the Black Panthers learned to tolerate Confederate flags after making the young patriots denounce racism. Eventually... The young uh, patriots rejected their deeply embedded ideas of white supremacy and even the Confederate flag. As they realized how, to, how much that they had in common with the Black Panthers, Latino young lords, all through the in influence of Freddie fucking Hampton, dude. Mm. Guys, a fucking Yeah, stop there for a few moments. Uh, why? Do you need to go to the bathroom? Or what's uh, no. Uh, uh, I have to tell you about who today's episode is sponsored by. Oh, shit. What? We're gonna be keep doing this in the middle of the show, dude. What the hell? This I was given specific instructions. All Today's right, episode right. is sponsored by Caps. Are you addicted to capitalism? Do you know what's wrong for you? But you just can't stop drinking in that sweet, sweet stuff. Caps is a clinically tested and medically approved dermatologically safe skin patch, which can help slowly wean you off the human spirit grinder called capitalism. <laughs> just one patch a day can help you understand that you have way more in common with the people you hate than you do with the people you think are your leaders. Ask your doctor if Caps is right for you. No side effects? Uh. Well, I think, yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't get a chance to write any side effects. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry about that. May cause, <clears throat> <may> cause revolutions. <laughs> you may be experiencing a coup uh, eventually. Uh, <laughs> uh, the CIA, the CIA will, will find Contact you more interesting. Doctor if your coup lasts for 48 hours or longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, back to our hero. Uh, Fred and others were constantly uh, being harassed and arrested uh, for nonsense. Yeah, another uh, 
important component of uh, what got all these folks together was to form the a kind of uh, uh, a washers. Uh, they're like the first auditors of the, of the police, right? Because this is also post the uh, 68, uh, 68 uh, Chicago Democratic well, um, Chicago, Convention. Yeah. Daily, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, basically all these groups realized how fucked up the police were and like yep started monitoring him so yeah and of course resulted they were already getting harassed but it just it ramped it up man right so once hampton uh, met with the young lords uh the day after that they uh they were in the news for occupying a police uh, community workshop in the chicago eighth district police station they were arrested twice with jimenez uh both were charged uh with mob action uh, at a peaceful picket uh, at the Wicker Park Welfare Office. So that's just All one right. example. Whatever uh, Fred, yep. Fred was able to land more groups to join the Rainbow Coalition. Things turned another corner when the Students for a De Democratic Society, the SDS, the Brown Berets, AMI, or sorry, AIM, and the Red Guard uh, Party joined the coalition on a national scale. Uh, in May 1969, Hampton called a press conference to announce that the coalition, a united front against fascism, mm. had formed. Look out. Mm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the coalition uh, was to address issues that were community-based, such as poverty, racism, corruption, police brutality, and substandard housing. Uh, these efforts uh, would be done as a group with members of the coalition supporting each other. It would be a common thing for the YPO to run security for the Panthers or vice versa. So well, that, that itself yeah. is kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's wonderful, but also uh, the worst th the worst news for weaponized capitalism, which is what fascism is. The worst yep. news for fascism is working class people organizing on the ground. Yep. As soon as the working class people organize on the ground, fascism is fucked. And that's why when you go into like Amazon, one of the first things they do when you're hired is they show you a video explaining why unions are terrible. Don't show <laughs> you, you know. You know about this, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course they like the guy. Of course the guy making all the money doesn't want you to join a union, and it's he's framing it like it's for you. It's for your own benefit because this union will take a cut of your wages, and you should really negotiate with us directly. And oh my God, join a union, folks. Yeah, and I'm not saying that some union unions are bad, but you know, you have to if you're going to be in a union, you also have to, you know, hold your fellow union leaders and, and workers accountable too. So Absolutely, that's the way yeah. it works. So but yeah, sorry we can go on a whole diatribe about unions. unions are perfect. I'm so, saying that, that yeah. there are there were working class people organizing on the ground, which is exactly. antithetical to fascism. Yep. Okay, I concur. <laughs> By now Hampton assumed the chairmanship of the Illinois State. Uh, Black Panther Party. This automatically made him a national uh, deputy uh, chairman as the FBI's uh, COINTELPRO began to disseminate nation uh, nationwide Panther leadership. Okay, hang on. Uh, it says yep. there uh, you're saying that the uh, COINTELPRO began to decimate the nation nationwide Panther leadership. Can you give yep. me uh, a quick example or two of how they managed to do that or what they were oh. doing to decimate the nationwide Panther leadership? Oh, we're, we're going to get to that just one second. Okay, I'm sorry. Sure, carry on. Yeah, yep. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Hampton's prom uh, prominence uh, in the national hierarchy increased rapidly and dramatically. Uh, this made him a big target for the FBI, of course. Sure did, yeah. 69, uh, the special agent in charge in San Francisco wrote to Hoover, 
uh, in his city, uh, at least the Panthers were primarily feeding breakfast to children. Hoover responded with a memo implying that the agent's career prospects depending on, on his supplying evidence to support Hoover's view that the Black Panther Party was, quote, a violence-prone organization seeking to overthrow the government by revolutionary means. Now, again, that tells you how these people are thinking. What we know is that the Black Panther Party was definitely feeding children. Yes. Right? Yes. And this is a threat, not just a threat, but apparently the biggest threat to the United States of America is that kind of working-class solidarity. Now, that'll tell you how these people are thinking. That's yeah, I mean, already... how they're thinking now. He's already called him the greatest threat to America right now. And we're in 1969, you got the Vietnam War going on, you got the Cold War, mm. you know, the, the struggles in, in, in Cuba and whatnot. So fuck all those those things that, you know, and we can argue the merits of all that. But all that's a backburner to these fuckers who are feeding <laughs> kids. Yeah. What the actual fuck, man? Yeah. It just makes no sense. Or if it makes perfect sense if you realize what they're actually saying or not saying, yes. right? Yeah. Anywho, using anonymous letters, this kind of goes into what you're asking for. The oh. FBI sowed distress and eventually instigated a split between the Panthers and the Black Standard Rangers. FBI snitch O'Neill uh, instigated an armed clash between uh, between them oh. on April second, nineteen sixty nine. Not like the sound of an armed clash. No. Uh, the paper. The Panthers became uh, effectively isolated from the power based in Chicago ghetto, so the FBI worked to un, uh, undermine its ties with uh, radical organizations. O'Neill uh, was instructed to create a rift between the party and the students for the Democratic Society, whose Chicago's headquarters was near that of the Panthers. Uh, fun fact, uh, the yep. word ghetto is yes. an Italian word. It's oh. from that part of Venice where the Jews lived. Oh, Jesus Christ. Really? That's, yeah, really. So that's the connotation they're saying, well, it could be bad, but at least you're not with the Jews. Is that it? <laughs> well, originally that's what a ghetto was. I think now it's just uh, any any area where, where that has, as you phrased it earlier, substandard housing. Okay. Wow. Mm. Ah, shit. You're teaching me things, my man. Uh, the FBI released a batch of racist cartoons in the Panthers' name aimed at alienating white activists. It also launched a disinformation program to uh, for, uh, forestall the formation of the Rainbow Coalition. But the Black Panthers uh, did make an alliance with the Young Patriots and the Young Lords. Uh, it repeated uh, directives. Hoover demanded that Conto Pro personally investigate the Rainbow Coalition Quote, destroy the Black Panthers, uh, stands for and eradicate its sever, the, sorry, eradicate its serve the people's programs. Ironically, what Hoover is suggesting here is a sever the people program. Yeah. And he said, but he's, he's, he's being open about it then. He eradicated its yes. serve the people program. Again, mm -hmm. I mean, what, what, what the fuck? I They're mean, telling you who they are. Yeah. All they're doing yeah. is feeding fucking kids. They're trying mm -hmm. to take care of poor people, not just blacks, but also Latinos and whites. They're trying to, you know, actually, you know, be fucking humanist, right? Yeah, and he pretty much flipped a bunch of racists. Yeah. Because a lot of these racist, working-class racist organizations, they're really racist because of their condition rather than because they hate black people or whatever. Right. And I just flip and explained to them that, like, you have more in common with these people. <coughs> 
Yeah, but I, I think condition and conditioned, right? Yes. But Hampton managed there... I don't know what he said to these people, but I'd love to read the manual on that. Right? Hmm. Oh, it's fucking amazing. Hmm. Uh, documents secured by the Senate investigation in the early 70s revealed that the FBI activity encouraged violence between Panthers and other radical groups. Shocker. Mm. Uh, this provoked multiple murders in cities throughout the country. On July 16th, 1969, an armed confrontation between Panther or sorry party members and the Chicago Police Department oh resulted in one uh, Black Panther Party member being mortally wounded and six others arrested in serious charges. So the FBI basically pushed this, split these people apart agenda oh. until it blew up in several cities and got people murdered. Yep. Right. Uh, by early October, uh, oh, one other thing I forgot to, mm. to mention uh, about uh, Fred Hampton. It sets him apart from other people this time, too. He was also a feminist. He oh, also okay. he made radical waves in the in the movement of the Black Panthers uh, to try to make sure that the women were not exploited, okay. that uh, sexism w should be addressed and was a real thing. Yeah, that's so, a communist thing. That is a communist thing. Yep. We're all equal. Uh, in early October, Hampton and his girlfriend Deborah Johnson. Ooh, his girlfriend. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't even know how to do that. Was that too childish for this? Well, maybe a little bit, but that's okay. We can cut it out. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely edit that one out, Barry. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Johnson uh, and his girlfriend rented a four and a half room, which I half room that's kind of funny. Uh, room apartment at uh, 2337 West Monroe Street uh, to be closer to the uh, Black Panthers headquarters. Cool. Uh, O'Neill reported to his handlers at the time uh, in the FBI that much of the Panthers' guns and other weapons were stored there. He drew uh, them a map of the apartment and it indicated with a red X the room uh, where Fred would be sleeping. In November, uh, Hampton traveled to California on speaking engagements uh, with UCLA Law Students Association. He met with the remaining Black Panther Party members uh, and... Uh, he was appointed to the party's central committee. He would soon take the position of chief of staff and, and become a major spokesman. Cool, cool. But unfortunately, later that month, everything would change and everything would come to an end. Oh, no. And we will talk more about that in part three. Are you just going to leave? You're just going to leave me? Okay. I'm going to have to because there's just so much to do. So part, right. part three is going to be longer than this episode. Okay. Uh, we may exclude uh, part of our normal broadcast of the what's new uh what's new segments on part three just to make it under an hour because there's so much to cover but we'll see we'll see how it works out this week we have to do this because we just have to right okay <laughs> yeah but that just uh, just one more picture of our man there i just uh there's a grim looking white guy behind him yeah well you know <laughs> there's a there's a lot of grim looking white guys anytime this guy spoke up so all right, so I, I guess it's time for what is it, Barry? What, what are we doing? Oh, now? What's happening this week? No, that's, that's actually what's new, right? Yep, that's close. Now, just before we, <laughs> just before we started recording, we did this before we recorded. We selected some stories that were interesting to us. Seamus, do you want to go first, or would you like me to go first? Uh, it don't matter. You, you call. All right. I've been talking. Um, I've been talking more than you. So go ahead. 
CIA, uh, I typed CIA into Google just before the podcast and I hit the news tab and some of this stuff came up. Um, a Georgia man with a history of impersonating law enforcement officers was arrested after allegedly claiming to be a CIA agent, the US AG's <laughs> office said in a news release. Robert Erthart uh, Jr., a 38-year-old from Columbia, Georgia, allegedly left a voicemail with the U.S. Attorney's Office identifying himself as a CIA agent with his Protection Operations Division with top security clearance. So that's a story you can read if you want. Awesome. Um, another one is uh, that the, uh, the headline says, why did the CIA keep getting blindsided by insurgencies? Um, for more than a year before Afghanistan's final fall, the Taliban or their P Pakistani paymasters had approached every district government to try and co-opt them and arrange their surrender as the United States conducted its withdrawal. Neither the CIA or the special envoy or diplomats stuck behind the State Department's embassy in Kabul picked up on this. Their intelligence failure completely blindsided Washington, right? And a related story is um, a kind of a, an opinion piece about the CIA's zero units and their night raids in Afghanistan. That the CIA was not just arming and training special units, it was accompanying them. They were accompanied by CIA agents to do special raids in Afghanistan. So they were in the field, CIA agents, doing military maneuvers, and they still didn't pick up on the fact that if they ran away, the Taliban would be <laughs> in charge of the country. And it took about two days, right, for them to retake the entire country. Like, that's insane, right? The Taliban, they, they weren't, it's not like they were that organized even. They just, it was just sloppy. Yeah. Sloppy. Anyway, and the last one I have is. And why has the director of the CIA just visited Libya? And there's a whole thing about the director of the CIA having just visited Libya. And if you're interested in that, just do what I did. Put CIA into Google and hit the news tab. Isn't uh, Libya the, uh, kind of like a slaver's bay at the, at the moment? A bunch of slave trading going on? Um, it's one of them, isn't it? Yeah. Like tradition, Traditionally, it was that way too, wasn't it? Well, it took Gaddafi came in, right? And Gaddafi came yeah. In. Yeah. And then we disposed uh, Gaddafi. Remember uh, mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton's uh, famous line on that? We saw, we, uh, what was it? We came, we saw, he died. <laughs> yeah. I like, yeah. I mean, there's pluses and minuses, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'm not propping up, you know, fucking mm. Gaddafi. He was an evil fucker, too. But Jesus Christ, you, you'd think you would have, like, okay, we're going to dispose a dictator. Maybe we'll let slavery reoccur. I mean, I don't know. You know, <laughs> come on. Throw these people a bone. You know, uh, freaking so. bone. Right, yeah. I'll get uh, two FBI stories. Um, yeah, you did the same thing I did, right? FBI news tab. Yep. yep. Oh. Uh, FBI produces a 168-page document relating to the Angelina Jolie fight with Brad Pitt on oh, Lord. 2016 flight. Yes. <laughs> 100, she said 160 pages. 164. 164, Barry. Oh, wow. Before, those yeah. are probably just sources, yeah. most of which will be BuzzFeed pages. Uh, the other story is court-ordered release of FBI records uh, deepen and the mysterious dig for Civil War era gold. Do you want to That's know any more That's about that? Okay, I'll click on this one because there's, there's a War lot era to this. Gold. Yeah, I, I, yep. I, I, I saw a movie once called The Good, The Bad, The Ugly that was about that. <laughs> yeah, well, boy, it's actually kind of familiar. Uh, I'm going down here. So basically there's this uh, family. It's like a father-son, uh, Indiana Jones kind of thing, right? So they're out trying to find this uh, gold. Yep. Um, that sounds interesting. I might check that out. I'm trying to find. Well, the FBI are involved somehow. Ah, here we go. Uh, Dennis uh, Parada waged a legal battle to force the FBI to turn over records of its uh, excavation in Dense Run, Pennsylvania, which is uh, less than two hours from me, actually. 
uh, where local lore says that in uh, in 1863, a shipment of human of Union gold disappeared on its way to the U.S. Mint in Philadelphia. The FBI, which went uh, to dense gold after sophist uh, sophisticated testing, suggests tons of gold might be buried there. As long as it's that the dig came up empty. So it's not bullshit that they did some testing and found it might be there. Yeah, I, there's a whole... Guys, keep going. Right, there's a whole oh, okay. list of things that they're calling yeah. bullshit on that uh, they actually did did an actual extensive dig. They had like this... Uh, well, check that out, geo, geothermic, all these, this, you know, like state-of-the-art things that do it. They sweet. filmed, I think it was like seven days that they were there, but there's like, uh, they've released video, but they're like there's two days, including the very last day, they they're not releasing the video to. There's a lot of mm. documentation about it. So basically, I think what this guy's trying to say without saying is, yeah, they took the fucking gold and they're not saying it. <laughs> they, he thinks the FBI took the gold. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Fair. That's what he seems to be strongly insinuating. So. Oh, there it is, Dennis Prada. Yeah, I have it. I have it. I'll check yeah. that out now when we're finished. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Man. Don't don't uh, confuse him with Dennis Prager, please. Yeah, uh, so. or Jake Peralta. Yeah. Oh, I hit the wrong thing. We but we were promoting the wrong. Uh, podcast this little episode. <laughs> well, what did you say? Yeah, and the free thought profit scroll. Free thought profit. Below. Well, that's, I yeah. mean, if you support the free thought yeah. profit, you're not too far yeah, away. Okay, yeah. hey. Well, now you guys can check out the the yeah. podcast. Yes. Yeah. So hey, you can follow us too. What a new podcast, Seamus. Whose idea was this? I don't know. Some guy. <laughs> uh, I think it was two guys at a bar. One was drunk. Mm -hmm. One was drinking Coke Zero. So. That's really you. Yeah. <laughs> mm. All right, is that oh, it? Do you have any more FBI pages? Is that it? I only got the two. Yeah, that was all the two we were talking about. Yeah. So that's it. We're done. I think so. Are we? All right. And right. I guess we so, will hey. see you all uh, the next time we talk about, I guess, the, the final chapter of the Fred Hampton story. Yep. So we're going to try to keep, try to, I should say, we're bi weekly podcast. We're going to try to, when we do these two-parters, three-parters, whatever they turn into be, to kind of roll them out weekly so you're not waiting, you know, an extra bit of time. Uh, which is another reason why is to follow social media, because if it's going to be outside of that, uh, one of us or both of us will let you know. So, And if you do like this stuff, do let us know, and do, as they say, like and subscribe, right? They say that, don't they, that, the kids? That's what they say, like, subscribe. Like and subscribe. Uh, send us money, whiskey, women. I have no use yeah. for whiskey. <laughs> Alrighty, folks. See y'all. Bye.